I'm Holly. I'm a business strategist who loves a good plan and flowchart and is crazy passionate about teaching women like you how to build your dream job and scale to six figures and beyond without sacrificing your weekends and priorities. I believe strongly to my core that you can create a routine you love with the right strategy, product suite, aka what you are actually selling, and simple systems to create a lifestyle that works and a business that scales without burnout. Because here's the thing, it's not just about managing your time. It's about embracing that time freedom and really working on unlocking that freedom together so that you can do more of what you love. After 22 years in corporate strategy, working for Fortune 500 companies, I ditched the office to build a now seven-figure business with my husband full-time. And P.S., we did it in less than two years during the pandemic with twins. Oh my goodness. My goal here is to provide you with unfiltered insights into behind the scenes of entrepreneurship. What works, what doesn't practical tips you can implement right now, as in right after listening. I want you to consider this podcast, your online business MBA, delivered directly to your inbox, intertwined with the realities of being a working mom, exploring life, and the invaluable lessons learned along the way. Think of the Crush the Rush podcast as your weekly one-stop shop for actionable business planning, guiding you on the next steps and explaining the why, the really important things behind each move. We'll keep you motivated and uplifted as you learn from some of the industry's best experts. So grab your sparkly beverage, I'm sipping on a chai tea, and get ready to learn to do less better. Let's scale your dream business and finally have the freedom to focus more on what you love. This is the Crush the Rush podcast. I am super excited to announce that the next cohort of the Collective Mastermind is officially kicking off. And the best part is, is we gave it a makeover. So the new nine-month mastermind is nothing like you have ever experienced before. Because as we say, a life priorities-focused business is the fastest way to multi-six figures. And I'm going to teach you exactly how. So if you aren't familiar with our mastermind, we combine strategy and mindset and then layer on our sought-after community and toolkit. But let's just get real for a second. So in today's business and economy, you have to continue to grow and pivot or you're going to be left behind, period. What makes this different? I have only run my business in a pandemic, a recession, or whatever you want to call our current state. We now have a full team and I have retired myself and my husband in less than three years. And in the last 15 months, we have crossed the half a million mark in revenue. And I did most of this while working full time. I'm not saying this just to throw out numbers. I am saying this to show you that it is possible. This mastermind is not cookie cutter. It is not one size fits all. I actually adapt to you and your goals and provide you with the structure and accountability to scale. And my ultimate goal, again, let's just be real, is for you to make your investment back and more. Unlike other masterminds, if you happen to have mastermind trauma, you actually get access to me directly. As in, I am right here building it with you. You get the power of the group, but the benefit of the one-on-one. So this is a perfect fit for you if you have started a business and are ready to scale to multi-six-figure and seven figures. You are ready to buy back your time and energy. You want to expand your team in a way that makes sense for you and saves time. 
you are ready to have consistent 10K, 20K, 30K months and beyond, and you are really ready to step into that true CEO role. It is time to pivot. It is time to be a part of a community to support you with the expansion, alignment, and profit that you want to make in your business. So I'm going to make this super, super, super easy because my goal is to help you do less better and make more money. Who doesn't want that? Just DM me mastermind and I'll share you the next steps and how to apply. You can also grab the link in the show notes or go to hollymurrayhaines.com forward slash crush the rush collective. And yes, in case you were curious, all of our famous retreats are included and they also got a makeover too. So just DM me mastermind and I will share the next steps with you or you can go to hollymurrayhaines.com forward slash Crush the Rush Collective. This is a super special episode of the Crush the Rush podcast because we are talking with Randy Smith all about how she did it. And if you're like me, I love getting behind the scenes on how a inspiring woman who has a family and a career takes her hobby and turns it into a professional business because we all know that life is crazy. And so I want to know, like, how did you really do it? So I'm so excited to bring Randy Smith onto the podcast. She is the founder and lead designer at Sugar Euphoria, which is an amazing boutique wedding cake and confectionery studio in North Carolina. And she works full time, has three awesome littles, and is an island girl who is super passionate about celebrating life's big moments. And she shares how she navigates through the busyness of being an entrepreneur, cake designer, and mother, and the challenges that she faces. And her story is that of a woman fighting through burnout and working in the negative to having a profitable business. This is such a cool episode because we dig into behind the scenes of how Randy got started in her business, what a typical day looks like, how she avoids burnout. We even get into how she prioritizes being a mom, what she outsources, and even down to the details of her very specific morning routine and what advice she would give someone who wants to get started in business today who is also working full-time or maybe just has a really crazy schedule. I hope you guys like this episode and enjoy all of Randy's tips and experiences as much as I did. Hi, Randy. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm so good. We were reminiscing before the podcast started uh, of all the different locations that we have recorded interviews. And I think that just speaks to like the tenacity that it takes to run a business and have a full-time job and a family all at the same time. So we're excited that you are here and actually super excited because the title of this podcast is How She Did It. And you have built a very successful business while working full-time with young kids. And I think it's really important to share other women's stories of how you did it and what it actually looks like behind the scenes. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about you and your business now, and then we'll get into sort of how you built it. Sure. So, hey, everyone, I'm Randy Smith. I am the owner of Sugar Euphoria. I am a wife, a mom to three kids, ages six, four, and two. So as you can imagine, my house is loud, but it's a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, I also work 
full-time for the state of North Carolina as an implementation lead, and I've been doing that since 2013. Um, and I feel like it's really important work because we work with all of the state's social service entities to get uh, automated um, applications through the system so people can get their benefits. Um, and then I have another full-time job as the owner of Sugar Euphoria, which is a wedding cake and confectionery studio located outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. And I've been doing that since 2012. Yeah. Now you say a wedding cake and confectionery studio, but it is like an amazing studio that's gotten like a ton <laughs> of awards and press. Like it's not just this like little thing. So tell us a little bit about how you sort of brought your, let's say, hobby of baking um, to life and how it became what it is today. Yeah. So I baked my entire life. I feel like as soon as I can get up on the step stool and help my mom whisk, she had me in the kitchen. Oh, I um, love so that. She, yeah. So she would, on Sunday, she would focus on getting the dinner ready. And then she was like, okay, you can read so you can bake. Um, you know what these numbers mean. And so I would help her like just by making brownies, apple pie, things like super easy stuff. And then um, once we had lunch at home, we would go over to my grandmother's house for dinner and then I would be baking again. Um, and so baking really runs in my blood. My grandmother and her sisters used to do wedding cakes back in like the seventies and eighties, you know, pillars, piping, like really ornate molds. So, um, they just, they did that for a couple of decades. And I think I just inherited, um, that gene. And actually it wasn't until I graduated college that I really started, um, picking baking up as a hobby for myself. And it really started where my mother-in-law, well, she wasn't my mother-in-law at the time, but my husband has a ton of siblings and all of their birthdays are around the same time. And she's like, you know what? I don't feel like making a cake. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll make the cake. <laughs> and I did. And they liked it. And I was like, huh, maybe I should take some classes on how to really make a pretty cake and not just like slap some frosting on this. And so that's what I did. I started out taking classes at Michael's. And I realized really quickly that they weren't going to teach me what I needed to know to elevate the design. And so I invested in a course with a really well-known cake designer at the time mm -hmm. in Connecticut. And that's how I really started this hobby. Because um, at that time, it was still a hobby. And I didn't yeah. get into making it a legit business until later on. But that's how I started. Yeah. How did you know? Because I feel like it's always so interesting to follow others' journeys of like, how did you know that it was going to be more than a hobby, right? So you're taking, like you invested in a, a legit course and you're like, oh, I'm kind of good at this. Like people actually like what I'm doing. How did you make that pivot to, okay, this is going to be a legit business? Yeah. So that's a really good question. Uh, and one I hadn't thought about in a couple of years. So I love that. Um, but I am originally from the Bahamas and I, I think around 2013, maybe, yeah, 2013, I was no longer eligible to work in the U.S. So I had finished grad school. I had finished a job on a visa extension and my husband and I were talking about getting married and they're like, okay, cool. You have a certain amount of months to figure that out before you have to go back to the Bahamas. 
And since I couldn't work and I was still here and I still had bills, I was like, okay, uh, I can do cakes. I've been doing cakes for friends. I should get paid like real money for this. Yeah. And not just like, oh, hey, here's $20 as like a tip for this cake that you made for me. Um, Which, so by the way, I, I feel like food is so expensive right now. Like $20 wouldn't even cover like the icing. It wouldn't. It really wouldn't. Well, maybe because I think I'd, for like a small cake, it's probably like $18 worth. So yeah, I would have like some pocket change left over. Yeah. <laughs> but um, at that point, I decided to legitimize the business and start the LLC, open up a bank account, get an EIN and all of that as a way to just tide me over until I could look for a job again um, mm-hmm. once I got my green card. That's so amazing. So I'm curious because you do have really young kids. I'm not sure where they come into the picture, but like, what did a (laughs) typical day look like for you? So you've taken your course, you've like, you're like, okay, like I've got a legit business. Like what did a typical day look like for you in order to build it to where it is now? Yeah. So before the six-year-old, my typical day looked like getting up maybe around eight o'clock running out to the grocery store, coming home, um, turn on the TV and just get into work on baking these cakes. At the time, I maybe did like one cake a weekend so I could really take my time on the entire process. Um, so that's how it started out really slowly. Um, and then I really started focusing on marketing and networking and then the orders just kind of blew up exponentially (laughs) yeah can you dig into the marketing and networking because i feel like that's the question everyone asks they're like well how did it get started and then how did you actually find people knowing that you started from scratch to actually be a customer yeah so around 2013 i was really into twitter (laughs) Instagram, not so much, but I started following like a bunch of wedding planners who had Twitter accounts mm-hmm. um, in in my area. And I just remember one day commenting on one of her videos that she tweeted and it brought me to tears. And I told her like, this is the prettiest thing I've ever seen. And I'm in here crying. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet. Want to do a style shoot? And I was like, oh, yes. Now, did you uh, have a website time. or anything? So like, could they find out who you I were? I think I had like a WordPress website that was not cute at all. It was probably the worst website I ever laid eyes on um, because I tried to do it myself and it was just not good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she, um, it wasn't until after that shoot that I was like, oh, maybe I should revamp this website and like put the images from the style shoot up here. Um, but yeah, so I started out and I did that style shoot with her and I actually had professional pictures and content that I would take back over to my Instagram page that was full of, you know, you remember those old school filters yeah. um, that made everything dark and grainy. And so I was able to shift and get into profi- professional pictures on my Instagram at that point, which I think really helped legit the business and like okay so she's like she has like real professional pictures from a real event this isn't just some you know fly-by-night baker um and so then that style shoot went up and i have more people reaching out to collaborate on shoots and um eventually that turned into having a relationship with them as vendors for actual weddings so that Mm -hmm. was really great um but i said a lot a yes to a lot of things in the very beginning uh, with others in my network, style shoots, open houses, um, and then eventually working with their clients and getting, um, you know, a, 
a good network of folks that would just refer me by word of mouth. So that was really helpful. Um, and then I was also keen on going to um, the big uh, cattle call style bridal shows. Mm-hmm. I love what you call it cattle call. I think I went to one and I was like, yeah, this is not for me. <laughs> like, I invested a whole lot of money in a booth and showed up and said, hey, I'm Randy. Look at these millions of fake cakes in the back here. Don't you want me to do your wedding too? Um, and so it was a great starting point. It's not something that I would go back to now just because my ideal client has shifted, but it definitely helps me get my name out there with other wedding vendors and also with couples. So that yeah, was really would helpful. You, would you say that this is something that I talk about quite a bit, that putting yourself out there, but doing it kind of messy at first is what helped you get to where you are now? Yeah, it was, it was very messy and very stressful um, because I wasn't keen on my pricing, mm-hmm. my ideal customer, what my particular style of design is. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't go back and really change it because I'm just thinking about the people that I make connections with from, you know, saying yes to all those style shoots and going to those bridal shows um, that weren't really niche. So it was definitely helpful. Yeah. Um, and then it made me see like, okay, this is what I don't want to do. And then I can focus right. on doing what I love to do. So yeah. I, I think that's a great point. Life. I think when you do things messy, it's so good at the beginning because it is messy. And then you learn really quick, like what you're going to say yes to and what you're not, because it is so messy. And you're like, I never want to go through that process ever again. <laughs> and it like forces you to fix things. Yep. Yeah. And fix it quickly. Right. It's like sink or swim at that time. You're trying to get your footing in the industry. You're trying to figure out who you are, who your clients are. And then you're trying to figure out how to feed yourself. <laughs> right. Can you talk a little bit about what your business looks like now? So it's, you know, you started out really messy and sort of built a very organic community. Like what mm-hmm. systems and things do you have in place now that you sort of learned from that messy start? Yeah. So I am really intentional on accepting orders that align with my brand. So, of course, early on, I was accepting any type of cake, any flavor, whatever people wanted me to do. Now I have, you know, a website that outlines the entire process from start to finish, you know, all the way to the anniversary. Um, We're really clear on our pricing um, for each cake, um, what it looks like just to start as a foundation for the cake and then what the design fees are, um, which really helps with profitability, uh, which I'm super super, super interested in is like not to stay afloat, but being profitable. So that really helps. And then also just knowing who my crew of vendors are and the folks in my network who will bring me the clients that I want and loving on them and making sure that I take care of them too. Yeah. So as you were building this, it sounds like there are a few small children along the way. And (laughs) at this point, you're also working full time. So can you walk us through like, how did that all happen? I know I get this question all the time and people want to know like, well, like, what does your day look like? Like, how does this work? Yeah. So when the first kid came along, she's six now, she, I had a bakery, um, that was just, you know, someplace that I could get in and bake and get out of it. It wasn't anything cute or Instagram worthy, but it was a place to, to buckle down. 
-hmm. And she would come with me to the bakery um, every single day. She grew up there, took her first steps there. And then I found out I was expecting baby number two. And we said, you know what? We're just kind of going to downsize a little Mm bit. Um, And so I got a call from um, my old job and they're like, hey, we really need you to come back. Can you can you help us out? I was like, sure, I can. You know, three, I have two small kids, but I'll make this work somehow. And they, yeah. you know, they would support, support me at the bakery. Like I would do the birthday cakes for the office. And so they knew that I was still pursuing sugar euphoria as a career. Um, and they were fine with that. So I would uh, get up, start baking and prep as much as I could, then get the girls ready to go to my sister-in-law or my mother-in-law who are, oh my goodness, invaluable. Like You have to have a team, them, right? <laughs> yes, they have saved me. They're still saving me, actually, uh, <laughs> during the weekend on the weekends. But I would get the girls ready, take them over there. My husband would take them over to the whoever was babysitting them for the date. And then I would head to the office. And sometimes I would have a cake tasting at lunchtime. And, you know, everybody knew where I was going because I would walk with my bakery box through the office. That's so awesome. Yeah, I come back to work, answer emails on the days, you know, during my lunch hour on the days I didn't have tastings. Um, And then I would go home and continue to work on cakes after I put the girls down. Um, And so that kind of continued even with baby number three. It was kind of the same type of flow throughout the day. Um, And then COVID came and Mm -hmm. they were like, okay, we're working remotely. And I was like, yes. Yes. Well, I think this it's so interesting because I always get this question of like, well, and when I was working full time, like, well, what does your employer think? And I was like, well, I told them. So yeah. I think there's like two schools of thought. It's like, well, if your employer doesn't um, support you, then obviously you like keep it a secret. But I actually found when I talked about it more at work, like people sort of embraced it. They would question like, what are you doing? How are you doing that? And obviously there were boundaries that I was very protective of, but so I think that's really interesting that your employer knew that you had this like side business and vice versa. And so I feel like it probably worked better because it was such an open relationship. Yep. Yeah. They're very supportive. Still to this day, I do, (laughs) I do their wedding cake, some of them, um, and kids birthday cakes over the years. So yeah, it, I mean, it's been really great even now with us working remotely and I've been promoted some, I guess, a little bit less in the trenches mm-hmm. um, and overseeing a lot of the work, but it's kind of the same deal. I get up, I start prepping, I um, come back and get the kids ready and take a few calls and in between calls, I'll, you know, I'll head back and bake and turn the mixer on and then a call will come in, I'll turn it off and continue baking. So... <laughs> That's so it's fun. like a, I have, I think, perfected um, balancing the two, um, along with daycare and elementary school pick up and drop off. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot to balance. I always say, and this was kind of my next question, there's really no such thing as balance. It's all about like prioritizing the day. So mm-hmm. like some days for us, it's like the girls have 8,000 activities and that's the priority. But other days it's like mommy has five podcast interviews. So like you cannot interrupt her kind of thing. Um, So how do you prioritize like what's going on in your business versus what's going on at home and in your career? Yeah, it's really similar. They are not in a lot of 
after school activities right now, which has been helpful because dealing with this crazy wedding boom, it's like, oh man, I could not imagine. Because right, everyone's getting married that did it, right? Right, right. And I could not imagine sitting in the dance studio for two and a half hours right now. Um, but they will go back in the summer when it slows down. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing. And then we are a close-knit family. So I have uh, two nephews and a niece that are involved in sports. And so we're like, yep, yeah, Monday. we know Monday night is basketball night and the whole family is out to watch their games. So um, it's just really getting sleep. Um, because I find that if I don't sleep properly mm. um, and I'm working crazy hours, then it just has a domino effect to the end of the week and I don't produce good work. Um, so, yeah, prioritizing sleep, making sure that I spend time with the kids and it's not just uh, talking for two seconds in and out of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also outsourcing where I can. Um, I have a wonderful VA and assistants and people and mentors and people I could bounce ideas off of. So they really take some of the admin work away. And then when I do have time to bake that I could focus on the baking. Yeah. I want to dig into outsourcing really quick because that's something that I'm super passionate about. And I feel like my outsourcing model was probably a little different than most people because I would outsource so that I would have free time not to make necessarily make more money, even though eventually like there is a profit model in place. Right. So I'm curious, how did you know, like when it made sense to outsource given what was on your plate and what you were doing? Yeah. So I believe in outsourcing everything. (laughs) We're on the same (laughs) page then. (laughs) Yeah. So like for instance, outside, like outside of the business, just for home, I get somebody to come in and do the laundry. Like she takes my laundry off my front porch and brings it back two days later and I just put it away. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yes, we have to do it. It's laundry is my least favorite chore. So that was just a no brainer for me. Yeah. And (laughs) and then um, just having a cleaning company come in once a month, that just takes a lot of weight off of my shoulders. Um, That's really helpful. So, now I, when I am home with the kids and the kids are home, we can spend time doing fun things like making mm-hmm. a math painting because I don't have to worry about holding yeah. up little kids' socks um, all Saturday long. Um, but then on the business side of things, I realized I needed a virtual assistant when I could no longer handle the volume of inquiries that were coming in and answer all of my clients' questions and then also bake and produce quality work for them at the end, mm-hmm. you know, whenever their wedding was. Um, and so I didn't want either part. I didn't want the business part to suffer. And I also didn't want the baking to suffer. So I knew that in the long run, it would definitely help my profitability if somebody could manage that. I could spend more time actually creating more cakes. Yeah, so, I think yeah. that's such an interesting perspective because, uh, and I talk about this too, like a lot of times what you, when you think of outsourcing for your business, it's not necessarily for your business. Like it could totally be like, I talk about like, we have our dry cleaning picked up, which might sort of be like laundry, but mm-hmm. like, I don't have time to drive to the dry cleaners. So like, I just have it scheduled to be picked up or like sometimes we'll outsource like meal prep or whatever that looks like. Not that I can't do it. It's just, I would rather not do it and either do something for my business or do something for our family. So mm-hmm. I think that's super smart to combine like outsourcing from both a personal perspective and a business perspective. 
Yeah. And I just found that I can be more creative if I'm not worrying about, you know, baseboards and dusting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, has this inquiry been sitting here for over four days because I just have not had time to sit down at the computer. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So what advice would you give someone today who wants to get started with creating, maybe they have a hobby and they want to turn it into a business, but also have a crazy schedule, whatever that looks like, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I would tell them a few things. One, if you have a crazy schedule, um, but you want to, you know, tap into your hobby and take it to the next level. One thing is to really look at how many hours you have in the day to pursue this as a business, right? Because you just don't want to start out and burn out straight out of the gate. You want to be able to give yourself one, some grace, but also some margin um, to be able to do it well Um, Mm -hmm. and for it to still bring you joy because, you know, hobbies bring us joy. And when we turn it into a business, it's really easy to let that spark go out. Um, So definitely identify what volume you can take on um, so that would be the big thing, um, and outsource where you can to create some additional room in your schedule. Um, and then another thing is we often, when we're transforming a hobby into business say, well, it was a hobby and I wasn't getting paid to do it anyway. So I really don't need to charge. And this, I'm going to put air quotes, a lot of money or be super yeah. expensive because I wasn't getting paid um, previously, but you know, it's a complete shift when you pursue it, your passion as a business. Um, and I would, I always suggest to folks get really comfortable with your numbers. I think a lot of people like, I'm a creative, I'm not really a business person, (laughs) but you can't, you can't be successful if you don't know your numbers and that's, you know, what are your expenses? How much time are you spending? How much do you want to pay yourself? Because you are your business's best employee. So you want to pay yourself for that. Mm -hmm. And then what do I need to do to make a profit? What do I, can I do? Um, and what do I need to charge so that I have extra money in the bank and I'm not, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. So right. those are a few things. Yeah. I love that. I love the fact that you said, don't take the joy out of it. And I think that's so important because I think what happens is, you know, people have a hobby or maybe if you're listening, you have a hobby and then you like take the next step and then you go all in, which is super exciting at the beginning, but then you get into the middle and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm working like 80 hours a week. And like you have sucked the joy out yeah. of the whole process. So I'm curious, do you have any like time management hacks that you use to sort of keep all these boundaries in place? Yeah, I always spend a few hours a day, uh, usually at the beginning of the week on uh, wholesale ordering because that really helps so that I'm not running to and from all the time. So if you can order in bulk and save yourself multiple trips during the week, that is one, one mm-hmm. hack um, for sure. Um, the other one is get some rest because burnout doesn't help anybody. So, you know, figure out what your sweet spot is. Um, for me, I'm a morning person. Mm-hmm. So I go to, and I need eight hours of sleep. <laughs> Me too. I'm like seven and a half to eight. That's like the yeah. sweet spot. Yep. And so I'm like, I know this about myself. Um, so I'm going to get my rest. I'm energized and can be the best version of myself for everyone. Um, but I also know that I do my best work at like 4.35 in the morning. So I get up and, you know, it's quiet out there. 
and I get my work done and then I can focus on the things that, you know, aren't so flexible, like daycare and drop off. And um, I also find some pockets of time to dig into some of that admin stuff when mm-hmm. I'm sitting in the carpool line or waiting for them <laughs> to bring the takeout to the car. <laughs> I love that. Good old carpool yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, do my best uh, email writing during carpool line. <laughs> so, so helpful. I honestly think just hearing other people's stories is just so valuable because I think you can just relate that it is real life and there's not really a secret sauce. It's just um, being super consistent and, and sticking mm-hmm. to your boundaries and... Um, your goals. So any last tips about building a business, avoiding burnout, um, maybe even taking that next step if you're nervous to sort of pivot from hobby to legit business? Oh, yes. One more tip for folks listening. I highly suggest that people get a mentor. Um, And it doesn't have to be like a direct competitor or even somebody in your area, but you definitely need a sounding board and you Mm. need somebody who has been through the fire before you um, that can help you avoid the pitfalls and avoid the burnout. Um, So definitely, you know, make relationships because, you know, you can't just jump into finding a mentor and knock on somebody's door and say, Hey, can you mentor me? But, you know, seek out some people in your industry, wherever they may be and build a relationship. And, you know, eventually you may be able to turn that into a, a dynamic relationship where you, get advice and their sounding board and listening ear and you can also see the pitfalls in your business and help you avoid them. Um, I'm really big on that. I have a mentor. I have had uh, a mentor for a few years and then there are other cake folks all over the country, actually and in the Bahamas too. Yeah. We'll reach out and you know, we can talk to each other and I can lend an ear and give them some advice and I know they appreciate it and I appreciate hearing their fresh ideas too. So. Yeah. I think the biggest piece of advice I always give is like, you don't have to do business alone. There's definitely a community or, I mean, just having these conversations, I feel like can definitely help support you in whatever your next steps are. So yeah, as we wrap up each episode, we'd like to ask our guests a couple of questions. So you mentioned mornings are like your time. So I'm curious, what is your current morning routine? Oh man, I get up. I want to say about well, some mornings, it's at like 4.35. Um, I'll get on the Peloton because I made a promise to my husband that if I buy it, I wouldn't turn it into a clothes rack. Yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your so favorite guess, instructor? Hmm, I love Allie. I love Cody. I like Cody. I love <laughs> Cody. Oh, man. Um, but I'm... Like I said, I'm from the Bahamas, so I'm down for any like reggaeton, carnival, um, reggae ride. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's super um, fun. Yeah. And then I get up and I try to get lunch ready for the kids really early. Um, it is actually pretty tedious getting three lunch boxes together for three <laughs> yeah. very sick kids. Um, so I like to get that out of the way and in their bag so they don't see it and ask me to change things. In it. Um, and then I'll head out um, and maybe start baking for a few hours and then come back and wake them up and get them ready. Um, and, you know, we alternate drop off some mornings and I may take a work call from the car. I might talk to my VA from the car, but um, and then I grab coffee from my local coffee shop. And that's really the morning. I love that. 
What book are you reading right now? I probably a kid's book. <laughs> I love that. We just started reading Harry Potter with my girls. So, <laughs> Oh, I cannot wait for the day that they are ready for Harry Potter. Yeah. I don't know if they're ready yet. I was ready. So <laughs> I'm like, we're doing it. So we're, we'll see how that goes. Do you have any favorites? Uh, Harry Potter book? No, kids books. Oh, oh, I was going to say I love all the Harry Potter books. Um, we have a book subscription. I think right now we're reading Little Leader, Little Leaders, um, which is a super adorable book. I don't oh, know. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Yeah. Um, so the girls love it. Um, and my six-year-old, she's really into reading the bedtime stories now. So mm-hmm. that's where we are. And I think like the little blue truck is a favorite. So that's such a cute one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just for fun, what's the last thing you purchased on Amazon? <gasps> oh, for myself, I just purchased some really cool cream colored boots. Oh, that is fun. Yeah. I saw somebody post it on TikTok. She's like, hey, are you a cool mom? Do you want to get out the house in something <laughs> other than Uggs and Crocs? Here's what I bought on Amazon. And I was like, oh, tell me more. And of course, I got influenced to buy them. But I love oh them my gosh. so much. <laughs> I still am not on TikTok. I can't decide to take the plunge or not. But that sounds like something I would, I would be influenced by. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's so inspiring to see others really go after their dreams and still be able to support their family and find some joy in it. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and anything that you have coming up? Yeah, so you can find me on all social media platforms, including TikTok, <laughs> <laughs> at Sugar Euphoria. Um, so that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and LinkedIn, actually, uh, if you want to connect there. Um, and then right now, I am just riding the tide of the wedding boom. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I am um, elbow deep in buttercream all the time, <laughs> um, working with my lovely clients. Um, yeah. And then I hopefully can attend some conferences this year in between all of this. So. Yeah, if anybody's going to be at Engaged in New Orleans, come and say hey. I love that. And her designs are just gorgeous. So I would encourage you guys all to go check it out. So thank you so much, Brandy. Thank you. This is so fun. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Crush the Rush podcast. I honestly feel like this podcast is an extension of me and our community. And so I hope you come back and listen for more. If you're feeling inspired and ready to take action, there's actually some really amazing ways that you can stay connected with us. Number one, if you want to see this episode come to life with visuals and bonus behind the scenes, you can head over to our YouTube channel, which is at Holly Marie Haynes. We like to post some bonuses there. So I hope that you're excited to learn more about these topics. And then as always, you can leave a review. Your feedback helps this show grow and reach more amazing listeners just like you. We've made it really, really easy. You can simply go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash podcast and click the review button. You can also find custom playlists and more to just say thank you and offer you another amazing way to 
give you some support. And then last but not least, if you have questions about today's episode or a topic that you would love to have covered in the future, you can just go to hollymarriehaines.com forward slash chat. And it's me behind the scenes answering all the questions. You can text me, send me a video, leave me a message. It's super cool. And like I said, I hope that this podcast is just an extension of our relationship together. So remember that you are capable of achieving incredible things. Keep up the amazing work and I can't wait to connect with you more. I am so grateful for you and the power of community that this podcast has created. It is just so amazing to be able to connect with all of you over the last couple of years because we've actually had this podcast for almost three full years now. And because of that, I wanted to just get to know you better. So I would love it if you would head over to hollymariehaines.com forward slash chat and tell me what you think of this episode. You can text me, voice message me, send me a video, email me and ask me anything. I'm a real human. And yes, it's me on the other end answering the messages. So I would love to know, like, what did you like about this episode? What would you like to hear more about? Did something resonate with you? Or maybe inside this episode, I gave you a keyword to learn more. If I did, you can just pop this keyword into the chat. And this is a way for us to connect and chat more. So just go to hollymariehaines.com forward slash chat. And I can't wait to hear from you.